Well, you've heard of dollar cost averaging. That we all know can be incredibly helpful. What about dollar cost ravaging? One recent Market Watch piece says that's a thing. How dangerous is that? We're going to cover that with thought leader Josh Dorkin, founder of Bigger Pockets, on today's Money with Friends. Welcome to Money with Friends, coming to you from Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Salcihai. And I'm Joshua Dorkin, coming to you from Denver, Colorado. This is the show where we open the news and dive in with financial thought leaders from all walks of life. Today, it's from MarketWatch. We're focusing on, we not only read a little bit of the piece to you, like some podcasts, but we also talk about why it's important to you and your wallet. Big thanks to Rocket Dollar for supporting Money with Friends. Rocket Dollar account holders have the ability to invest their retirement savings in anything they choose through Rocket Dollar self-directed IRA or solo 401k. Make investments directly into real estate, private companies, peer-to-peer lending, crowdfunding, and everything else allowed by the IRS. Get 100 bucks off your setup fee by heading to rocketdollar.com slash MWF, rocketdollar.com slash MWF. Mr. Josh Dorkin, back with us. Happy New Year, my friend. What's up? Happy New Year. I am so Things excited. Things are going great in 2020. It has been a fit, fit. Do not give up that we pre-record this. Don't do that. <laughs> Try not to do it already. But uh, a good news, by the way, you have a new podcast, and we're going to be talking about that a little more later in the show, but tell people where everybody can find you now. Sure. Undeniably curious. Uh, so it's a UND podcast on social media or undeniablycurious.com. That's awesome. And uh, I picked this piece. Have you ever heard of dollar cost ravaging, Mr. Dorkin? Well, this is actually a term that the industry uses on a regular basis, Joe. So yeah, of course. No, I haven't heard of this. I had uh, somebody in our Stacky Benjamins Facebook group point out this piece and said, hey, uh, this piece is written by the uh, cousin of Warren Beatty named Click Beatty. You familiar with Click Beatty? See, that's a funnier term than dollar cost ravaging. I'll take yeah. clickbaity over that. But all right, uh, enough foreshadowing. Let's get into this piece. Which one of our friends here is going to help us start off today's show? This is Bethany from The Money Millhouse. The money talking party starts now. It's time for Money with Friends. All right, this piece is written by Sean Langua, writer for MarketWatch. And again, the headline is, this is how dangerous dollar cost ravaging can be to your portfolio. Dollar cost averaging, Sean writes, is a popular strategy in which an investor purchases an asset at regularly timed intervals to mitigate the risk of buying too high. If you're contributing to your 401k plan with every paycheck and building positions of various mutual funds, that's essentially what you're doing. But what about dollar cost ravaging? We should have some music like bum, bum, bum. Mark Peterson, a strategist at BlackRock, says recent retirees are at an unprecedented juncture in this environment with missteps in financial planning, such as unrealistic income targets, lack of diversification and bad market timing, potentially leading to catastrophic consequences. That last misstep in particular poses a problem for those doing the opposite of dollar cost averaging by steadily withdrawing funds. Peterson calls it dollar cost ravaging DCR and used a chart to show the impact. And guys, you don't need to see the chart to know it looks really bad when you're systematically taking money out of your investments. Josh? All right. Easier said than done. And it's rather obvious. But 
the chart gives you a good idea about how DCR can drain your account, even during one of the most successful bull markets we've ever seen. The point is that it won't last forever and losses are going to get magnified when the bear rears its head. Remember, quote, your portfolio's ability to recover from downturns diminishes when you start taking withdrawals. Peterson explained, it will not behave the same way as somebody who's still in saving mode. The sequence of returns matters, and the biggest challenge is a bear market early in your retirement. For those retirees worried about DCR, now it's got initials, it's, it's official, and their ability to make ends meet on withdrawals in this precarious climate, he says, it's time to ratchet back risk. Quote, bond yields are still low, but risk has picked up compared to compared with the past decade. That increases the potential for losing portfolio value, Peterson said. Striking the right balance to limit your losses in a declining market is just as important as capturing growth when the market is strong, Joe. I I I threw up in my mouth just just a little bit there. <laughs> Was it my lunch? No, 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 it wasn't. What, what really bothers me about this piece, and I'd love to get your take on it, but what really bothers me about it is, you know, when you and I bring are, are talking uh, 24 hours before we start doing this, right? We start going back and forth. What do you think about oh, this yeah. piece? What do you think about this? I presented this piece as an example of, so what the hell do we do about this? What do we do? If I'm in retirement, I need my money. And you take my money. What do I need to know? Yes, it is going to affect your ability to stay strong in the market. Good for you. And the whole sequence of returns risk, I'm so tired of hearing about that. It's so overplayed. It just, I don't know. I don't know. Did you feel similarly? I mean, it's like a scare tactic, right? You're scaring people, but there's no answer. Like, what, what are they going to do if you're in retirement and you need cash and your cash is parked in the market? Where else are you going to get it? You're going to go rob a bank? I mean, let's let's dollar cost ravage or let's go to the bank. I don't know. What are we going to do? So, no, I, I think it was kind of like a useless puff piece. I mean, no offense because, because uh, you know, I, I, I will say Sean has written countless amazing articles. This one, I don't know. Eh. Yeah. No, well, I, and I do think there are lessons, but I don't think they're the lessons that they want us to learn. There, I, I think there's actually a ton of lessons here. Number one is there are financial advisors I've met, most of which, by the way, way better than the press would have you believe. The press would have you believe that every financial advisor is trying to rip you off, take your money. Not the case. Most people mm -hmm. that I dealt with, great people helping their clients do more, but but I will say I have met bad financial advisors that will spend a lot of time scaring you with this type of crap because of the fact that they want to manage more of your money. I have seen people get talked out of their lifetime goals so that the advisor could keep the money in the fund so that they could continue to make a percentage of that money. Just absolutely horrible. I mean, if you've got goals, spend your cash. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think one of the, the, the big things that I love is, is CD laddering. I think creating a CD ladder with a, a year's worth of, of uh, uh, expenses um, is a great model just to kind of protect people. I think everybody should have a CD ladder, even though it doesn't pay you much. Um, with with uh, you know each month uh, will be a, a month's worth of expenses come due. Uh, but you know what, what are the options, right? I mean, if you if you're trying to grow your 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 money, you're either in the market or in other investments. Uh, one of the reasons, 
you know, as as those of you who know me, I'm, I'm from bigger pockets. One of the reasons we push real estate is, you know, real estate's a great way uh, to get regular income. And, sure. And so, you know, if it's early enough, or if you're in the position to, I'd say, you know, that's why real estate can be so powerful. Uh, because with rental properties, you know, you can get those regular payments, but uh, not everybody's in that position. And, and I don't know, to make people feel crappy about uh, taking money out of their accounts when they have no other choice by labeling it this dollar cost ravaging nonsense. Just, I, I don't know. I love that you brought up real estate because, you know, if you look at the North American REIT index, they call it the NAREIT index versus the S&P 500 over long periods of time, they've done about the same. But to your point, they both have completely different upsides and downsides. Real estate, you can hold on to the existing asset, right? And you can get an income stream. So you don't have to worry about this crap that's in this piece. But on the other side... If you have a cash flow crunch, you can't just go sell off a bathroom, you know, right. and cash in just a little bit where with a stock you can. And to, to this article's point, yeah, you might hurt yourself some by doing that, but you've got much greater liquidity here, but you have much more um, a comfortable cash flow situation with, with, with real estate. Right. Uh, I... I think that that when it comes to when it comes to pieces like this, I'm trying to formulate this thought in a way that isn't all convoluted. But 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 when it comes to piece like this, the other thing that I think we learn is how to take cash. So instead of taking cash out of the stock market every month, maybe you pick a time once every two years where you take money out of the market, you take it. Uh, and you put it then into um, your CD ladder, whatever it might be, some bucket where you're not worried about the market. Because at the very least, then, you know, they talk about bad market timing. You're not, you're not every month just taking money out. So you're not, t- you know, a year, a year ago, Josh, everybody thought the market was collapsing for good. Remember that? And oh, then yeah. we had a fantastic 2019. So if we took money out the end of December last year, that would have been horrible. The good news right. is everybody knew it was horrible. So maybe if you had a CD ladder, you could go, you know what? I can hang out for two years and not worry about it. And exactly. hopefully things get better. So you can buy some time and you don't have to do that. Maybe that's a lesson. I feel like we've got all kinds of unintended lessons from this piece. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, so it's funny. Uh, so what is it? Gregory? Uh, just asked. I'm curious the ratio Josh would use recommend between investment and rental property and equities, and I, I I don't know what the answer to that question. I think there is a, a ratio, but I, I think it really is going to depend on on what you got left. You know, where are you? What's what's your financial situation? Uh, that's completely going to depend on on where you are in your in your financial status. Um, but I, I love your idea, Joe. I mean, I think that's great to be able to, um, yeah. And and you obviously hopefully can time it, and we know market timing isn't uh, a real possibility. But you know when the market's tanking, you know that may not be the time to pull two years of cash out, right? Right. But you know while while things are going well, you, you know that that might be a time to consider it. Yeah, yeah. No, like uh, uh, end of two thousand nineteen, fantastic time to take to take money out. Um, it, you know, and to, to answer, I know Gregory asked you and not me, but back when I was a financial planner, there were two things going on, Gregory, because over long periods of time, if you end up in roughly the same place, I would say, I would say it depends, uh, aptitude depends too, because I had clients that had been 
had been in real estate and just wanted to get the hell out. They didn't have the aptitude. They couldn't stand even dealing with a property manager. Like they didn't even deal with the the renter. They dealt with the property manager. And even though it was mostly hands off, they, they, they didn't want any of that. They wanted completely passive. And I found for other people, they had a strong aptitude that way. Also liked evaluating properties, evaluating rents. And man, if that's you, I would then strongly lean into that. You know, yeah. I, I had a Absolutely. client that was a farmer. Uh, his dad was a farmer and they raised cattle. And he showed me over long periods of time how they would crank out 15% every year in cattle. And I told him something that I wouldn't tell anybody probably watching or listening to us. I said, you know, let's go strong in cattle. Like, like let's, let's keep doing it. And um, yeah. he was very surprised because he met with other financial planners before me and they were trying to convince him into whatever commission thing they were doing. Yeah, I love that on, on the aptitude. Yeah, I, I just got back from a trip <clears throat> recently from Greece. I was with a lot of very smart businessmen. And what was surprising to me was most of them have very, very little exposure in the market. And that's because their aptitude uh, leans strongly towards real estate. These guys are all millionaires doing very, very well. And the vast majority of their wealth is is on the real estate side. Now, you know, it would be great if we all can be in a position where, where that's the case. But, you know, regardless, uh, I, I think it's important because a lot of money managers do shy away from the real estate side because, you know, unfortunately, they're not getting a piece of that action. Yeah. Uh, so you're not going to get the advice to go put your money in real estate because they can't profit off it. Not, not everybody. There's, sure. there's yep. great ones who will tell you to do it. Um, but there's certainly some kind of mix that you want to be looking at. Um, but I don't know. Back, back to this, this, this whole thing. Ravaging. You know, if if you're listening, you're a retiree. Uh, ultimately, I would say don't don't let this kind of stuff scare you. You know, you, you're if you need the money, take the money and and uh, make sure to work with with good, strong, sound, savvy financial planners to uh, help you deal with uh, you know sustaining your cash as long as possible. Yeah. Your, just, uh, we'll j- j- just regardless of financial advisor, keep liquidity, make sure, yeah. make sure you've got liquidity. Kevin's hanging out with us and then we're, we're, we're going to finish this show off. But Kevin says, can you not set up a home equity loan of credit ahead of time? So you're ready in case you need to access some cash. Uh, yeah, that'd be a, that'd be sure. a great possibility. But remember that's debt. That's somebody else's money. So to some point that's leverage. And if you can't pay back that loan, you could lose the underlying asset. So I don't want to, I don't want to over leverage myself. I will say this though, what we would do, Josh, when I was a financial planner was we would have uh, different levels of emergency fund. We'd keep money for a few months expenses in cash, depending on, you know, somebody's cash flow, the the strength of their job, whatever. If they're like, yeah, nothing's going to happen to me in a year, we, we we might keep not a ton of cash. If somebody is month to month, we might keep six months of cash. Then we'd have a second tier, which might be a very high interest rate money market or a CD ladder like you were talking about. But then we called it an ice cream cone. The top of the cone would be we'd open up a home equity line of credit, but we put no money on it. We, we would make sure that that is there so that if we had trouble in the future, we could actually go to that for even more money. Just keep that. Remember 2007, 2008 when banks were going through and closing those things though? You know, mm-hmm. every I had so many clients, people with great cash flow. All of a sudden, you know, they had a ten thousand dollar home equity line of credit that I'd recommended, and they'd gotten a letter from whatever their bank was saying it'd been lowered to five or three or whatever they owed. Like banks were tightening that thing up. That went away. <laughs> that went away. <laughs> went bye bye. Yeah. 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 
Uh, in just a second, Josh and I are going to have our takeaways from today's piece. But first, I want to say a big thanks to Rocket Dollar for uh, supporting Money with Friends. If you're not familiar with Rocket Dollar, they help you in your IRA or solo 401k invest in something different than all those usual suspects like exchange-traded funds, mutual fund stocks that you find in most brokerages. So as an example, if you buy a rental house, you may be able to use IRA funds to get there. So that'd be like real estate, private companies, peer-to-peer lending, crowdfunding, everything else allowed by the IRS. Rocket Dollar makes investments easy. You simply write a check out of your Rocket Dollar account. You don't have to wait for a custodian to mail a check on your behalf. Super simple. And best of all, you keep all the tax protections of your existing IRA or your 401k. When you open a Rocket Dollar account, you take advantage of a world of investment opportunities for $15 a month and a one-time $360 setup fee. But... For money with friends, peeps, listen to this. Our friends at Rocket Dollar, they're offering $100 off your setup fee. If you go to money with friends, excuse me, go to rocketdollar.com forward slash MWF and use setup code money with friends while setting up your account. By the way, if you go to rocketdollar.com forward slash MWF, it will tell you right in front. It'll say, put in money with friends and, and, and you're all set. 250 bucks for a solo IRA or a solo 401k self-directed Josh Dorkin. That's not what the other guys are charging. Uh, It could be costly. Yes. And uh, you really want to know what the hell you're doing if you're going to do that with an IRA. And that's what I like about Rocket Dollar too. All right. Uh, What's your takeaway from this piece besides uh, dollar cost ravaging might not be a thing? I'm going to be a financial writer and come up with really cool, scary titles to get people to look at my articles. That's the biggest takeaway. Oh, you want something good? Let me think about it. Hold on. <laughs> no, the biggest, I mean, we talked about this. The big, biggest takeaway is, you know, you got, you got to think ahead. I, I think particularly uh, those people who are not yet at retirement, you know, start planning. I think the average person that I speak with, friends, family, they're not thinking past today. They're not budgeting. They're not doing anything, honestly. I mean, they're just, you know, okay, money's coming in. Cool. I'm going to get my social security check and we'll, we'll, we'll get there. It's going to be exciting. And, and yeah, what happens is time passes and you find yourself in retirement saying, what the hell am I going to do? Um, so start planning, uh, start reading, start listening to, to financial uh, podcasts, you know, real estate, fi- whatever it is, read articles, read books, get prepped. If you are in retirement, don't just start reading this stuff and freak out. Find smart, savvy people who can help you out, who can guide you and hold your hand. And and they don't nece- you don't necessarily have to pay them either. They're, right. they're out there. Um, and, uh, you know, just don't, don't let all the, the fear factor, fear and scare tactics uh, take you down and, and freak you out. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And my takeaway is just going to uh, add on Josh to what you're talking about because because I I I think that uh, and I'm going to go back to Stephen Covey man I talk about Stephen Covey all the time if you haven't read Seven Habits Highly Successful People read that book because we talk about sharpening the saw we talk about begin with the end in mind but here's another one he talks about he says whenever you pick up a stick you pick it up from one end you're automatically going to get the other end so think about what the other end of the stick is and what this piece tries to talk about is. When you put money into a 401k, you also want to begin thinking early, how am I going to get that cash out? When I take money out of my IRA, whatever my investment is, I want to think about my exit strategy. And sadly, we all think about 
putting money away, but we spend very, very little time thinking about what the best, best uh, option is for actually depleting that account. And while I'm with you on the dollar cost ravaging, I think that the underlying message here is, is, is pretty important. Have, have some thought about how you take the money out. Undeniably curious. Who are you going to be undeniably curious with? Can you tell us that ahead of time? I cannot. I cannot. But, Come on. but my first few shows, I mean, I've got, I got a uh, rock star, pro athlete. I've got uh, Hollywood, you know, producer. I've got, I've got some really cool people and it's, it's not just kind of fluffy nonsense. You know, we're, we're diving in deep on some really cool topics. So I'm, I'm very excited and, uh, you know, check it out, check out the show and, uh, you'll, you'll get to see what, what we're doing here. Is it going to be Joe Rogan-ish three hours long? Smoking pot with Elon Musk? I'm probably not going to be smoking pot with Elon Musk. I would love to be chilling with him for a couple <laughs> hours and picking his brain. But yeah, well, I mean, there, this is not the the 20 minute show. This is yeah, like like on bigger pockets, we would go one two hours, sometimes more. Uh, this will be similar time, one to two hours probably. If if it's you know if if I get the opportunity to sit down with with Elon, yeah, we'll we'll go three four hours if we can. You just call him E. Hey E. What up, man? Yeah, but be good. Uh, my Tesla. <laughs> thanks, everybody, for hanging out today with us. Uh, thanks also to everybody who's left us a review of this show. Uh, if you want to watch the show being made, hang out with us while we're making the show. Just head to uh, facebook.com forward slash iStackBenjamins. That's the Stacky Benjamins Facebook page. On behalf, Mr. Josh Dorkin from Undeniably Curious, I'm Joe Salcihai. He and I will be back here tomorrow with more Money with Friends. Bye-bye. This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Cihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Taylor Eichenberg engineered this show and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.